and welcome to the Talking Wednesday podcast. It is I, Funk. There is no Dex this week. He's uh, busy. Uh, but we do have Worko in a place who've been on a lot recently due to me being having issues behind the scenes. How are you, Worko? Well, if you were sick of me by now, tough, because I'm back again. But yes, uh, funnily enough, actually, Dex was telling me that after your own failed Greg's venture down south, um, he decided to take up the cause and uh, open his own little drumstick-making service that he's hoping to take rampantly over the south with uh, and rival such companies as, as like yamaha and and all of those other i was i was about to say motorola but they're a phone company not an instrument company but yes he's 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 rampantly trying to take over the south companies haven't you yes yes i have so Roland, i was, I was just trying i was trying to think of companies off the top of my head and, I, and none came to me other than yamaha so that's the one you're getting. <laughs> but yes, evening, Dex. Enjoy enjoy this episode. It's going to be a wild one. But yes, to answer your question, Punk, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you, my friend? I'm not too bad. I am i don't sound as bad as I did uh, when we laughed because uh, we have done some recording, so there's stuff uh, for Christmas period. And on that, I do sound rough as anything. Uh, I think this is the most well-off sound in a while. Uh, it's been an interesting. It's been an interesting week. Uh, things are getting slowly better at home, which is nice. Um, but it's one of those things. And yeah, but how's your week been? It's been okay. It's been okay. I've done a lot of. Uh, I've done a lot of soul searching this week. I've, uh, I've. I've. I've made a lot of discoveries about myself. I've set myself like New Year targets to New Year, New Me, and all of that. Live, laugh, love, crap. Um, so. <laughs> So uh, I've I've been doing a lot of that this week because I thought why not start now right why not wait instead of waiting until the first of January we'll start now and we'll get on that track now so that's what I've been kind of doing really um yeah just just a lot of that and then a lot of putting up with you lot for doing the several batch recordings of, of stuff so that's been fun and just overall being incredibly miserable watching the the club that this podcast yeah. is all about really. It's oh boy, but as you can tell, with the with the dismal performance that there was, I'm being incredibly upbeat because if you don't laugh about it, you'll cry about it. So that's my mantra. You know, I'm trying to. We need a question. bit of joy after seeing that shower of so and so the other day. The real so, question is: Are you ready for Christmas? Am I ready is for because it's our last show before we hit Christmas? Yes, it is. Are you ready it for is. Christmas? Well, I can answer that on my face. Hell no. Not even close. <laughs> I don't do the last minute dad thing of Christmas Eve and all that kind of stuff. Don't do that. But Amazon will be getting hit very hard with my bank card on Tuesday. Because <laughs> there's some things I still need. You see, as a geography graduate, to bring up this recurring joke again, when you said the Amazon will be hitting, will be getting hit very hard, I immediately thought, are you contributing to the global crisis of carbon emissions? And are you d personally destroying all of these trees all over that wonderful part of the world? And no, you just mean the shipping company that you buy things from. Other courier I, I mean, services I mean and buying I mean things I mean the company are... that could have made you a billionaire. Yes, but we'll we'll not get into that because that's just depressing. No. That's just depressing <laughs> that that never happened. But... Anyway, if you want to know that story, the Discord is available for members of Dexterity Box. So if you are a member, you can join that dis that uh, Discord server. But anyway, back to whatever the heck it was that we were talking about. 
Um, what even was it that we were talking about? What did you ask Are me? Are you ready for Christmas? Am I ready for Christmas? Um, you know what I really love about that question is it sounds like it sounds like we're, um, need, you need to prepare for a siege. It sounds like Santa's coming and he's loaded <laughs> with heavy weaponry and he's going to kick down your door and slaughter <laughs> your entire household if you've been naughty. Do you know what? Do you know what I mean? Are you ready for Christmas? But yes, I am. I, I think I am. I. Good. It, it's a day, you know. It at the minute because I haven't got children of my own. I'm a I'm a free agent. I've not really got any. I can't believe I just did gung fingers at the camera for those of you listening he's, he's, he's on not podcast services. Up, so, yeah. I yes. I uh, oh boy. But yes. On I'm the old housekeeping subject. So socials, please check everything. Uh, Jack has been doing a really good job on Twitter. Uh, keeping you all up to date. Uh, Discord, please email Dex and he'll give you a link to get you back into into it, or if you're not. Membership options are available on the channel as well. Please support it. And reviews for this podcast are much wanted. They help a lot. It's like the like button on uh, YouTube. It's just an algorithm thing. But it also shows us, and five-star ones will get read out on the podcast. Shall we talk about that match yesterday then? Uh, because as we're recording this on a Sunday, normally we don't, but uh, we change things up a little bit. But I know you don't want to. Oh, do we? Have and to? I know it oh. was horrible to watch. Yes. But funny enough, a show called Talking Wednesday has to be. It's not about talking about what you did on Wednesday during the week. It's talking about the club. It is. So, how did you see that game, Jack? Well, <laughs> it was on the iFollow. I paid a tenner for it. I watched it and I turned it off again. That's 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 the umbrella explanation for my experience of that game. But honestly, it just it was it was frustrating to witness because one, I you see, obvious apart from the obvious reason of us missing Barry Bannon with how good he is and him being a bit of a cheat code in League One, we missed his 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 like footballing IQ. I think because. He seems to always be the per- the figure in the central m- midfield, barking orders at everybody and keeping everybody like on task. And it just felt like there was no communication between any of them. And there were just sure they they might individuals might have had some great ideas with where they wanted to run or who they wanted to pass to, but they didn't seem to be communicating that very well with each other. So someone would play a through ball. Oh no, it's straight to their right back. Oh. I'll I'll do a one two. Oh, but the person hasn't ran for the second for the return or something. And there was all of that, and it was the the entire game, and it was oh, it was dire to watch. It was dire to watch. I saw that a lot with Volks. Volks mm. was one of the ones where he tried to make a ball for Backinson to go forward, and Backinson just wasn't there. Uh, the issue is with Barry Bannon, especially with Byers being gone. You can miss one or the other. You can't miss both. Exactly. We don't have somebody in that position uh, yet to step up to be the third and fourth for Barry Bannon and Byers. And that's something we need to address quickly and soon because Bannon's not getting any younger. Byers is a good replacement, but he keeps having these little niggly injuries, which is an issue. I've always said that with Wednesday is we have a Steven Gerrard situation with Liverpool up until Liverpool eventually figured out they could win games without 
Gerard, and they turned it into a little bit of a Henderson turned into that model for a while. But they've now done it now where everyone can do it. The problem with this game was Oxford actually set out really well and they came at us out the traps for me. They were the better team. They deserved all three points. I think we were like Luther. I think we looked a bit leggy. It also says a lot about Mighton and Wilkes that they didn't even get on the pitch. So whatever's going on. And the problem is I don't... I've seen people say Mighton's away to the loan. But the problem is Darren Moore doesn't play teams regular. That's my issue. Players, I mean, he doesn't play them consistently to get that run of games. He had got his set favours and they get in before that. So you've got your likes of Johnson and Palmer. Well, Mighton's not a right wing back. He's a winger. And I'm wondering if we are going to see a change of system come the new year. Because it's getting to the point, if you actually look at the stats, we have 15 shots, 2 on target, to their 13 and 5 on target. What is it? Three goals. I think we've got three goals in the last five games. That ain't good enough. I think our we haven't lost the game since Plymouth. So we're 10 undefeated. But the issue is we're not scoring again now. We've gone from creating a lot of chances and not getting on the end of them. And now we've gone on to create still creating chances, but nothing clear cut. I thought Josh Windass, I don't know what position he was meant to be playing. He was here, there and everywhere. I would have thought if you're going to have Patterson and Gregory, that's your two main strikers and you put Windass behind him. I don't know about you. It's just that formation. They just didn't seem like there was any kind of rhythm sense or where it was going. And it's one of those games where you're looking, you're dying out for someone to take it by the scruff of the neck. And to give him credit, when Smith came on, he did that. He really did. And we finally got the balls into the areas that he liked to attack. And it doesn't accumulate. But the big thing is this was Stockdale got dropped. What was your thought when you saw the team line up about that? You see, I think potentially, and I've I've had this thought for quite a while, that I slightly think that maybe Stockdale was also brought in majorly just to mentor Cameron Dawson a little bit. Because he he was the first one to go sprinting up to him and gave him this great big hug at the end of the game when the whistle went. Goalkeeper union. Yeah, goalkeeper's union. Absolutely. And I do think that Cameron Dawson's probably more of a play out from the back minded goalkeeper, like a sweeper keeper sort of thing. And I think probably Stockdale's more in that old school shot stopper mentality in in the way that he does things. Well, as you've seen, as ev- all of us have seen from how stressful it has been at times when he's then tried to pass it out from the back and they've almost intercepted it. Um, so I do think that it's potentially yeah, it been a long time coming, actually. You didn't see when we no. didn't play out from the back. They, hmm. they see, he did seem a bit more self-aware. And to give Cameron Dawson credit, uh, last minute penalty. Uh, oh. It was a definite penalty. Let's be fair. McGinnis pulled him down. It was a definite penalty. No one could say. But it's a really good save. And it's something he doesn't get the plaudit for. He's actually a very good shot stopper from penalties. It's something he's very good at doing. And for me, that shows you a keeper who took come into his all. He stepped up. But I think the only part of, part of that game which I thought he had a, a bit of a thinker was where he parried it out to a opposition player when they had that chance. But I also think, I don't think he had anywhere else he could go. And they missed that opportunity when they missed that. I thought they were definitely going to, that was it. 
because it was an open net, didn't get it. The big thing for them as well, they lost Brannigan halfway through, um, and that nullified them a little bit, uh, which helped us. But we just weren't at the races, and the problem is, is this is the period where you want to be picking up points. They always say, wherever you are, come Christmas is normally where you finish, kind of thing. And it, I know it's an old cliche, and it's, it is, but it's always interesting to see what happens. Let's have a look at some of the results then from the weekend. Big result for MK Dons, 2-0 winner versus Portsmouth. I think Danny Cowley got a lot of, um, I don't think he got much time left there. It's dropping again. They drop like a lead balloon once again, which is, it just seems to be what Portsmouth does every season. Uh, a lot of performance as well. Port Vale versus Action to Stanley postponed. Uh, Derby County 4, Forest Green nil. Annoying that for us. Uh, that, when we look at the table, you'll see why. But I think McGoldrick got another hat-trick for them. So he's going them for fun at the minute. Bristol Rovers versus Charlton. Uh, Charlton lost at home 2-1 to Bristol Rovers. Our game was 0-0. Wickham beating Ipswich was a massive help. Thank you for that, Wickham. Um, if what they want, you don't like Wickham's style of football. And anyone I've beat to, who's anyone in League One, who says you talk about Wickham, they, they have... You know when you get that person at the pub where you have one thing where you complain to them about and then you sat there for the next 20 minutes while they're still complaining about it? That's what Wickham, what you get from other fans with Wickham. They hate the way they play. Uh, not going to lie, we don't like the way they play either. Uh, Peter versus Drew, be postponed. Barnsley won 2-0. Again, not a good result for us. Uh, Cheltenham versus Lincoln, postponed. Plymouth got a 2-1 win at home, so they're back to winning ways at home. Fleetwood versus Cambridge, postponed. And Bolton won 2-0 at Exeter. That Fleetwood game also be wary if that pitch is still bad come Boxing Day. We got them at home. So we may have a game we might not because I don't... I have seen the weather looking like it's going to warm up, but it's the, it, the overnight froth, really, that's going to kill it. And if these games are already getting called off now, be worried about Boxing Day games because we got to travel for Fleetwood and you know they'll do what they did to Cambridge. Cambridge fans were 40 miles from the ground and then they turned around and cancelled it. And that done my head in. Just do what Akers and Stanley did. Cancel it the day before. You know it's going to not get better. Uh, so we'll look at the table. We'll start, we'll start at the top. Plymouth are on 47 points. Uh, so the top at Christmas. They had that little wobble. It'll be interesting what they do. Ipswich Town, 45. Wednesday are on 43. Now this is the bit where it gets interesting. With Barnsley, Bolton, Bolton and Derby and Wickham all winning. So Barnsley on 36. Bolton on 35. Derby on 34, Wickham are on 32. Now, I'm starting to see us have that little period. If we don't start winning games, that group are going to catch up and we'll be in playoff for definite. Now, I don't know what you think about this, but we need to start getting points on the board because Barnsley, Bolton and Derby are creeping and they're just chipping away. They're just chipping away. What do you think? It's it's getting to the point now where I'm like effectively they've even got games in hand as well if you look at that look at that and if Barnsley win those next two games in hand then they're one point behind us like we need to start picking up the three points again because 
they're going to catch up. And I don't know what it is about this. I don't know what's happened if it's mentally, if they've gone, oh, it's fine, we've got a points buffer, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but it's it's so frustrating when... What, it's, it's so strange, as it's a phenomenon that's happened with not just this Sheffield Wednesday team, but with teams for decades, where they think, oh, it's all in our hands, so we don't need to try as hard now, or something. And because it's been in their hands, something to achieve, they've lost it. it, it it's gone. But then we've we've then top been in situations. It, went away and it, well. start, it, it happened last season. It happened last season. It was in our hands to go into second place, and we and we we bottled it basically. The team bottled it, and then we were just hoping that other results would go our way, and they didn't. So we ended up in the playoffs, and it's happening again. I don't want playoffs. It, I don't want was, playoffs again. No, not at all. And it's and it's happening again. It, it was in our hands to secure the top two and to catch up to them and we didn't we've drawn again and i don't understand where this lack of cohesion is coming from because that's what it seems to be to me it's communication and it's the team playing as a team they keep suddenly slipping into this weird thing of playing as individuals and then just hoping that they've got some psychic connection to everybody around them that's not how it works you need to establish habitual this is what this person does in these situations on the pitch and understand your teammates not just oh they'll probably go here i'll play a through ball oh no it's gone to the opposition or all this this there seems to be a lot of underhitting of passes at the moment and i don't yeah. know what that's have you noticed that yeah we've lost we we keep losing the possession very easily at the minute uh especially from midfield to defense I offer especially is guilty of doing this a lot. Uh, I thought yesterday Backinson hit a couple of passes that were were misplaced. Folks as well, which you don't expect from somebody who's a season pro. It's like you've got players who have got the IQ, football IQ, to know that this ball needs to go there, but the players that they're playing with are not there yet. Because you look at that midfield, it is actually quite young. Like the one thing from yesterday, Delhi did is usual running at players, and then it came to final third, he's looking for all the glory where he should have just passed it. Mm. He passes it into the box. That's a goal. But he's going for the creamer. He's going for, he said he worked on that all season. Uh, most of the... Uh, pre-season. Pre-season, thank you. And yeah, that's great work. But he's still got to remember he's got to pass to a teammate to make it work. Now, the thing is, you look at Barnsley, they've won their last five. Ours and Derby's record is similar. Drawn uh, three, one two. The th the difference is they're scoring. Like when we we our goals are suddenly dried up. Our goal scorers are not scoring. I don't know what has happened to Gregory this season. He's not the same player he was last season. Smith is doing okay. Windass has gone off a little bit of a boil. And the worrying thing here is that you have got Darren Moore coming out and said he doesn't want any strikers, which is interesting. So if you're not going for strikers, what are you going for in January? Because we need something. There's something not right. Uh, and he can say all he wants about Wilk saying, I'll back him in the nickel. It's okay backing him. And I'm somebody who still thinks he'll eventually come good, but I think eventually it's going to be too late. I don't think it's a similar thing with Mighton. They're not playing week in, week out. I think the players that need to have that confidence, arm around the shoulder, know they're going to play week in, week out. And we just not got that at the minute. If we go to the bottom of the table, Morecambe are on uh, bottom on 15 points. 
Burton on 16 points. MK Dons on 18 with that win. Forest Green on 20. And Cambridge and Atkinson Stanley on 21. But Charlton could get dragged into that as well because they're, I think they're still in a hunt for manager. It's interesting that NK Don sacked the manager and suddenly they get a win. Uh, that's a lot, but it's going to be an interesting Christmas period for me because we've got games we need to win and we need to start winning fast. And this is the problem. Uh, if we don't start putting those three points on the board soon, we're going to have issues. So, shall we go into the news? I was going to actually say what I've noticed with... It seemed oh. like, you know, if you look at us in front of goal in the final third, right? If you remember the the days of uh, Stuart Gray, you know, when Stuart Gray was the manager and that the the strike, the attackers had this weird mentality where they'd get in front of goal and they'd get chances and then they'd panic. Like, oh my God, yep. this is it. This is this is the chance of the game to, sc to score the goal. And they'd panic and they'd keep passing it to one another and no one wanted to take the shots and take the attempt and actually score the goal. And it just, it's reminded me of those days again. It's like, if you looked, yes, at the game, it was it was the same Bobby story. Johnson, they definitely. just kept they just kept passing it to to one another because nobody wanted to just take the shot. It's I don't, I don't know what was going on. It's like they're going for the pretty goal. Yeah, they're like going for the pretty goal. Let's do the team building goal when all you want is so to smash it. Like there was a period in yesterday's game where Johnson had a chance, mm -hmm. Windath had a chance, Patterson had a chance. And it was good defending by Oxford. Don't get me wrong. And when we eventually got those balls into the likes of Smith. The first header, he just missed it by inches. He gets on the end of that as a goal. And that's a confidence thing. That's got to be a confidence thing. Yeah. And then the second one he missed, uh, he got the header on, but he just off the target. And we, I still feel like we are playing as a team, but up top, there's something that's not right. We are on less goals scored this season, XG, than we were last season, but we're in a better position this season. Yeah. And I have a funny feeling. Go back to what you said a couple of months ago about coaches we brought in another coach how we now need to get in another coach to be striking coach because you look at how solid we are at the back we're really solid at the back defending but now up front we're a bit like luster so has that side of the game been in the coaching side neglected now does that make sense but the problem you, you've got to say as well <laughs> there's there's a bigger issue that's physically and i know this is a big wider discussion to have probably in another episode when there's not really much going on, maybe even in the summer. But the training ground, and I know it's an old thing that's talked about and talked about and talked about, but physically, the, one? the actual room physically on the training ground means that you can't cover every everything. Things will get neglected because other aspects of the game will then need more of a urgency to address. And so you've got to then sacrifice this pitch that normally would be used maybe for attacking drills and getting confidence yeah. up and you're sticking defensive drills on instead, which is probably what has been happening. And so you, you can't then, and then you've got the academy sides that are also using the facility. You can't, it, it's, that's probably a big, big issue as well. And maybe they've had to take off the attacking drills because they've addressed the defensive issues. And I will, I will say for the most part, even though we haven't been scoring goals, we've been defending very well. Even when it's been goal line scrambles like that, the almost Oxford 1-0 goal yes, uh, great, the other day. Great clearance by McGinnis. Great clearance. But even so, it's it's just it's this logistical issue as well from behind the scenes that needs to be addressed. And I think mm. 
But again, that's a wider issue, probably for another episode when there's not much to talk about in terms well, of news or whatever else. But that yes. is actually a really good segue into the news anyway, because yes. it is a behind yeah. the scenes uh, our first story. Yeah. So this comes from the start, I believe it was Joe Cran, uh, and it's about some of our youngsters. So 21-year-old uh, came into the our free agent midway through 2021 year, later signed an extension deal. We're talking about David uh, Gomez. Uh, and he'd been impressive. He'd had a couple of bells in the first team when we'd done uh, Carabao Cup games and stuff like that. So it goes on to say uh, he's not broken through the first team yet and wanted to sort it. He was, he was in the Huddersfield B team and he was uh, captain for that when we played them. Uh, and talking about how we wanted to get people out on loan. So... The Outbox confirmed that they're aiming to get him out on loan in the near future during the likes of Paolo Alcaraz, Jay Glover and Luke Jackson, who was recently left on short-term deals. We want to, but we got to get... we got to have some, someone willing and we want to give him the front-line football. He'd done really well, David, but we feel that, though, in terms of training in and around the first team, he does well. He needs the time there on the front line just to get a bit more power and decision-making into his game. He's got the football understanding capabilities. Now, this is good for us because we're starting to look at this youth team setup we've got about giving them 13 football. You can't let kids at 21 keep playing 21 years old. It's not going to work. It's going it, to, for me, the moment they get to an age where they need to go out on loan, you ship them. You ship them out, you give them a season somewhere and get that ability. I think that's where the likes of Brennan at the minute is doing really well at Swindon Town. Possibly someone we call back in January if we need to. It might be that that lone fella made him a bit a better player. What do you think about how we're doing the youth team aspect in terms of loaning players out and where they are in terms of it? See, it's really funny that they've mentioned in the article, uh, David Abontagoma's decision-making, because you and I, in that Bradford game, you and I were sat here having a chat while the game was going on, and that is exactly what we said, is that yep. he looks physically accomplished that he could fit into the team, but it was his decision-making decision that was letting him down in that game. And it's interesting that that's what's been picked up on in the article, but I, I do totally agree, I think. There has to be a degree of... Yes, ship them out on loan to get the experience, but it also has to be the right place to send them to. Because if they get sent to somewhere that they have a horrible time, they don't <sighs> fit in the team very well, they don't then end up getting played very often, it can be it can be quite counterproductive if, you know, whether it's a physical development issue or it's a confidence issue. They might come back having lost all confidence because of the terrible time they'd had on loan at a certain club, you know? It's, it's, you don't it's want a bit to fall of a out of love with sometimes. the game as well. So that can sometimes happen. A player could fall out of love with the game from a bad loan spell. Exactly. I think we've got a lot of good youth team players coming through. And again, I don't want it to become one of these situations where when they have a good load of youth team players and then they never get a first team pathway. We just say, we give you the pro deal because we don't want to lose you, blah, 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 blah. We need to start using this youth academy as a breeding ground to new players the likes of Palmer, Tommy Burr, Mark Beavers, Richard O'Donnell, uh, Cam Dawson. We need to start letting the youth team players have their opportunity because that's the way a football club will A, make money going forward. Look at the other side. They've done that for years and it works so well. But it's also, you then don't have to dip into the transfer market if you've got someone already. It's why I think 
paying down someone like uh, is down to a new contract, which is now getting even more complicated because it's getting to the point where he can sign wherever. Uh, will be interesting to see what happens. But Wednesday need to start using the academy a little bit more, and I think it'll be a good thing if we can start utilizing it in the right way. So we've got the January transfer window coming up, which if it's anything like the summer one, we're going to be busy. We were very busy. Uh, but it's interesting how uh, this article from the 72 has come up turning around and saying some position we need to look at. One of them's interesting because it's a position that we've been told that we don't actually need. And so two of the two of the players are Sam Hawkins, Northern Ta Northampton Town striker was linked with Wednesday back in September. Uh, the rumor came out of the transfer window short that Wednesday been monitoring Hawkins for a while. He remains in a prolific lead to Northampton side. He scored 13 goals in 15 league appearances. Fantastic uh, return when you look at what he's doing. Uh, I know it's League Two, but it's still a very good return. His contract runs out in 2024, so we would need to take a fee for him. Now, we have had it said from Darren himself, he doesn't want a striker in January. He said, I don't think we need it. What's your take on Sam Hawkins, and would it be a player you would think we would go for? I think probably it seems to fit this mold that we've been going into over the last sort of season and a half-ish of maybe the, the lesser-known players from lower leagues that are doing very well. I think that's probably, it seems like, the way forward with how Darren Moore wants to handle transfers and all that sort of thing is longevity rather than just, oh, they're an established name in this league. They can get us out of it because we tried that and it didn't work. Yes, yeah. sure, we got to a playoff final and a playoff semi-final with it, but it didn't work. They they were on far too much money, and they didn't really produce when it came to what they were expected to produce. Um, and I think probably Mr. Chancer is in that similar sort of mind of, well, this this is the route we need to go down then. Because Brentford went down that route, Bournemouth went down that route, they climbed the, they climbed the football league ladder in no time doing that. Mm. Burnley even did it. And it, it, all that sort of way of going about things, it does work. It has worked, but you have to do it right. And you have to get the right people in, not just somebody that might seem like a good name to bring in. They need to, they need to probably have a, f a couple or, or a few seasons of performing in a certain way, and then they can get snapped up because anybody can have one good season and then not perform again. A la, is such as Will Grigg. You know? He is 29. So he's the upper end of his career. He's like in the so peak. You are, he's, you're he's looking, in the, yeah. yeah, he's in the peak and he's the he's a bit of the Michael Smith kind of Yes, yeah. Thing. So for the FIFA fans, uh, his card is a 65 silver, 86 pace, 59 shooting, 58 pass, 66 dribbling, 48 defense, 72 physical. And they got him down as a right midfielder. Oh. Which is interesting. He can play those positions, which would be interesting because that is an area we would need in a sense if we are going to go down this changing um, tactic because that is something that has also been said recently. The other player they've mentioned is Elliot Anderson. He had a fantastic loan spell, second half of the season with Bristol Rovers last season. 
the, probably the reason that helped them get promoted, to be fair. He had seven goals with six assists, and he only got there in January. And if you look at how well they did. Also, Bristol Rovers, keep eye on them. They're one for me to break into that playoff spot and surprise people. They've done it once before. Wouldn't surprise me to do it again. Uh, he currently at Newcastle. So the thing with this one would be interesting to see what would happen because if you're a player who's already been on loan at a club in our division, a.k.a. Bristol Rovers, they probably might put a cheeky bid in for him again. But they could be like, and this is no disrespect to Bristol Rovers, you do get it that sometimes that club will send a, a player to a likes of Wednesday for the crowd base to see with a higher ground uh, thing. They fair, they packed their stadium when they went up. You saw the celebrations. I would like to see this coming in alone because we've only got three loans in at the minute out of the lot we've got. So it's not like we've hit our quota alone, so we can still get another two in, and that all depends on what happens with the other three. What do you think about Elliot Anderson coming in? Uh, he's, an attack, he's a central mid and can play left wing. I think that's probably the sort of player that we need in, to be honest. It offers a bit of dynamism in the midfield, really, when it seems like that's what we've been lacking as well, really, I think. Because it seems as though the tactics, when Barry Bannon has not been involved, it seems as though the tactics been to sort of just bypass the midfield and get it straight out to the wing backs or, you know, whoever else. And I'm not really a big fan of that. Sometimes, sure... It's what you need just to just if, if they've packed the midfield, that's probably what you need to do. And it's ugly, but it gets results. But it's almost as though we're trying to skip over maybe a weakened part of the team that we maybe see or or something like that. So I do think we need somebody to slot into that role. And and if if he's had that sort of season just in half a season at Bristol Rovers, like you say, then I think he's the sort of player that we need. And and it, I would it argue the case, couldn't it? Yeah. I would argue, maybe even try and get him in permanently, not on loan. Because if is he still young? I think he's only um, only like eighteen, nineteen. Then I'd get him, try and get him in permanently. I'd try very hard to get him in permanently in, on a longish contract. Because then he barely, he again, barely bought that in Newcastle. Ah. Uh, that's the only issue. They do like him a lot, and I wonder if this is the kind of for him, they might turn around and say, let's take you to a championship club to go see what happens. You did well at League 2, let's do get League 1 and put you in championship so we can see what you like. Well, it has That has been done before and it's not really worked out very well. Now, the thing with Newcastle is interesting because they've got all the money now. It's like, are they going to actually go? But Eddie Howe is a manager that does like to use youth if he can use it. Um, he, he's the one that implemented that system at Bournemouth that I was exactly. saying that, that Exactly. Made them climb the ladder, you know, so quickly. He's 68 overall on FIFA at the moment. He potentially is 86. So he is very good uh, on FIFA if you sign him. Um, can't find him. Maybe, because I know a few of them have the... Uh, the. Sorry, listeners, if you don't care about FIFA. But I, know that, <laughs> but I know that some of them have like a FIFA... Mm. presence but they're they're only in the career mode and not into the I'm, ultimate I'm team thing now. yeah so a card is a 67 left wing 73 pace 63 shooting 64 passing 71 dribbling 53 defense 61 physical but 
he does fit the mold of a player that we could rely on again uh, if we need to have a likes of. I don't think the situation we're in right now is a bad if you've got buyers fit. Absolutely. You don't see the problem. The problem is it could they're both injured. Exactly. Now, the nice thing is Bannon will be back, hopefully, for the Fleetwood game. That's been said. But we are starting to get to that point where we need to start looking for the future anyway. And again, it goes back to like we spoke about this with goalkeepers. We haven't got a current Barry Bannon replacement who's tied down to a long deal contract. You could say Biz could be that kind of player when he's shooting and running, but we haven't got it in the terms of passing, apart from Byers, who, again, another player who needs to get his contract sorted. I think he's out of contract in the summer. So we need to start getting those things sorted. But let us know what you will think about those two players coming in. Uh, I understand. I know a lot of people will be a bit miffed on the Hawking one, but it's the kind of throw that Darren Moore likes to go down the route of. It's just that kind of player he likes. So, Darren Moore was talking to the star this week, saying uh, Dominic Iorfa. So, the, not the last game, but the Exeter game. He played a right wing back, which is his natural position. That's what he played when he first came in. Speaking to uh, the star, Darren said, Dominic Iorfa is not alien player right back or right wing back, as you've seen earlier in his career. Position he's renowned for is it only since he came to Wente that he converted to a centre-back? Wente converting players back into different positions. We do that a lot. People look at him for his height and size, but he can play both positions. Uh, second half, we sort of turned around with Palmer going to right wing-back and Dom coming inside, and that versatility to have is something we've looked at. It's another option for a game to come, so we don't decide if you see him at centre-back or right wing-back. What do you think about this, about putting... I offer as a win-back instead of a centre-back and use him as a... I think, personally, I think he worked better. I think he looked better. I think we looked a better team when he's not at centre-back. For the last couple of games when he played centre-back, he scared me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. He, he scared the hell out of me. But what do you think, Jack? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Because when he first... When, when Steve Bruce first brought him in, just to drop a name that is now a pantomime villain of the Wednesday fan base. But when Steve Bruce first brought him in, that's what he was brought in to, to be. He, he was brought in to be that right back. And I think, to be honest, no disrespect to, to the man. He had very good years with us when Carlos was the manager, but I do think that Jack Hunt's time, probably when his contract runs out, I don't see him sticking around for much longer than, than that, really. And I do think that maybe he's not he's not the bench player even now that might be do might be worthy of replacing Palmer, I guess. Do you know what I mean? But I think yeah. probably I offer will step into those shoes quite well. Even you know, even if it's even if he's picked in the team ahead of Palmer or something. I do think now that that's the pair of interchangeable right backs, if that's going to be the case. I do think that's a very good pairing. And I totally am on board with that, to be honest. We do have an aging defense, which is mm. a slight concern. Uh, a Whitway, 30-odd. Palmer, 30-odd. I offer 29, so getting close into that bracket. Uh, Jack Hunt, 30-odd. We do have an aging centre-back. and you... It could be a cliche because you look at uh, Silver for Chelsea in Brazil. 37 and still going strong, but there's a difference. Thiago Silva. <laughs> There's a difference in it. It's we do need to start looking at a 
much younger defence. And I think when you bring in the likes of McGuinness, it shows you what we're missing. And I think we showed that last season when we brought in Jordan Story as well. Ironically, look how good Story's doing at Preston now. First teamer, come to get to his first team. And that could be similar to what may be happening with McGuinness showing that. Please don't recall him. Yeah. Well, Fine. you see, happy. that's another thing that we've got to talk about that we probably will we be talking talk about. about yeah, yeah. but I've, um, I've got to say as well, just to, just just looking at it from a perspective of potential future signings, I definitely, if I was the scouting team of Sheffield Wednesday, have another look at Lewis Bate. And I think he was Oxford's left centre half. And I think they've only got him on loan. So I would definitely be having a look at him maybe. And I would like, Look, f- football manager players out there, you know how good Cameron Brannigan is and how much potential that he's got. I would definitely look as a, you know, as you can tell, I sign him quite a lot on football manager. And I would probably say that he would be a very good person to put into that central midfield role. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I called two of our summer signings even though I did. Well, <laughs> both uh both Backinson. You're still going to live on that one, aren't you? Yes, yes. Both Backinson and Wilkes. We signed them both. And I always sign them both on Football Manager 2. Uh, so quite frankly, we'll, I need to keep my streak going, guys. Come on. <laughs> you know? So Cameron Brannigan definitely is someone that I would seriously be considering for the for the longer term. Because yeah. he's not even that. He's 24, 25 right now, Yeah, I think. So he's a good age. He's a very good age to slot slot into the Bannon replacement, well, whatever sort of role, you know? Because, I mean, he was controlling the game for them against us when he was mm, on. He was. So that's what Bannon normally does for us, you know? So, I yeah, anyway, sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> so when we were talking about young players earlier and their development. Shipton has signed his first professional concert. Sean Fuser did, did it a couple of weeks ago. Well, good young player this. This is a player with a lot of potential if we get it right. Again, spoke about this earlier. Need to get it right. Rio Shipton put pen to paper his first professional contract with Sheffield Wednesday. The Sheffield Wednesday website said the talented midfielder who turned 18 last month for joined the Owls at the tender age of seven. Uh, he went on to turn around and say it's a dream come true. It's a massive to sign for a professional, but especially for Sheffield Wednesday, it's a big day for me and my family. I was at Hill for Puma when we had a training session, and they thought I I was I I was and did well, and I came back for a trial and I joined when I was seven. I've been here for a while, loved every minute. Good people around me, my family, friends, and coaches on Wednesday have been unbelievable with me. The gaffer and the first team have made, been good to me, made me feel welcome in training, loved every minute of it. Academy manager Steve Haslam was delighted that Rio was committed to the club. He'd been bright talent for a number of years. Another one we have fast-tracked along his journey. We got the high-level technical ugh, technical ability, and he'd been in and around the first team recently developing. So another one. We say we're looking for the next Barry Bannons. Maybe we're unearthing them. But they need game time. What do you think about this one? You've seen him play a couple of times this season in Carabao Cups and stuff. How do you think he looks? I think it looks all right. I definitely think that it it's it's more it's literally a case of getting him physically ready for the first team because he still very much looks like a under twenty one, under eighteen, etc. sort of player. Um, and I do think he needs the time out on loan again. But it's it's just it's nice to see almost we've got this backlog of players 
that probably fit into this they need to get out on loan category because we haven't had that for quite a number of years now. Like we've just for quite in fact for quite a number of seasons we've just almost let them rot in the under twenty ones and then just release yeah. them and and nothing's come of it. You know, like how for example, Ash Baker was one. Like the whole oh god, it's 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 that time period of Wednesday, but the the Yoss era, right? He was almost handling the youth side very well and trying to introduce them in a in quite a good way. And that all went out the window it didn't again. Work. But it yeah. just didn't work because because of how the the sort of the route up to the first team was back then. It was too early, too soon. And it I'm just glad to see now that we've we've almost we seem to be actually handling it a lot better. Could the Academy setup be much better in terms of how they're coached? I think so. But that's an again a whole other discussion for another day. But I definitely am glad to now see that there's so many of these uh, young players signing professional deals that actually look like they have a big chance at being in the first team, not just we're signing a professional deal to maybe then sell you one for a couple of a hundred grand and that's it. That's all that you're here for. It seems like they are here to be the future first team players, you know? And it's just yeah. nice to see that again uh -huh. after so long. It's it's just nice to see us giving a damn about the academy a little bit. And exactly. it's something we haven't done in a while. Um, but we'll talk about this not in too much depth, but uh, Dave and Chance, new Sheffield went to approve Gisela approval by former Owl coach. This is the Yorkshire Examiner. There's been a massive piece done on Lee Bullen and the work he's doing at Air United, doing really well. Really good to see him doing well. I've always thought there's a manager there in him. Uh, he's always done well when he's been a caretaker manager, and he's just really doing well up in Scotland at the minute. Uh, so he said to Yorkshire Lions, he certainly seemed to step back recently. I think that credit to Darren because he obviously earned the chairman with better than earned his trust to allow him to do that. Reading between that, it looks like as though Darren had built up a really good relationship with the chairman and missed the chance to trust his manager. I think he obviously feels comfortable in retaining to talk it, taking a little step back. Obviously, COVID haven't helped and now the restrictions have been lifted. It looks like the chairman seems a bit more comfortable in the relationship of manager. Uh, Moore is the second longest serving boss for the six men appointed by Chancery and Bullen say the current incumbent surely at best backing in the transfer market next month. Uh, Lee Bullen said he virtually supports all managers at a certain times, maybe given certain ones a little bit longer than most people have given them. He certainly backs them in the transfer market. I know from experience that he puts demands on he coaches as well. Mr. Chancery has always put his money where his mouth is, support of virtually every single manager he's appointed and then every opportunity for success. Now, that coming from someone who worked with Chancery, and we don't hear this often. It's very rare you get someone coming out saying how good it is, to, how the relationship with these is going at the minute. And it's an interesting one that he come out and said what he said. And because a lot of people think that the Darren Moore-Chancery relationship, they know it's good, but they also think there's... I don't know, but I've seen some people say, oh, it's all talk and stuff like this. But I think there's a lot of mutual respect. And you can see what he did in the transfer window in the summer. He did back him, kind of thing. And wrongly or rightly, whatever your opinion is on Wilkes, he, he got who he wanted. That's who Darren Moore wants. If you're a chairman and a manager, if that manager turns around and says, I want this player, you go and try and get that player. It's up to the player now to 
dead into that first team, not really the manager. Exactly. What are your thoughts on this with the whole kind of Chancery, Darren Moore, and how Lee Bullen's doing at Air United? They're having a really good season. Well, just firstly to address these people saying, oh, it's all talk, yada, yada. Give us the sources of this information, and then maybe we'll believe you. But these newspapers have got actual credible sources of witnesses stating they have a very good relationship. So quite frankly, I think it's just all talk to get likes. That's all that was. But I'm totally in agreement that I think it's... And again, it, it's, he, Mr. Chancery has backed every single manager, despite maybe a tumultuous relationship like he had with Mr. Pulis. Um, and Bruce. And Bruce. Uh, he's still backed them. He's still he's still given them every opportunity for su for success, and it's been in those managers' hands when that hasn't happened or has happened or whatever else. And I just I do. <laughs> he's not he's not any kind of liar, Mister Chancery. He's very honest and perhaps sometimes a bit too honest in the and or has been in the past. Um, like when I'm everybody was I'm kicking up. Like, like, well, you know when, for example, prime example is when Sheffield United got promoted to the Premier League and he was too honest in the respect of all the fans kicking off at the fact that he said, and congratulations to our neighbours, Sheffield United. It was very classy and I probably would have done the same thing, but a lot of our fan, fan base didn't agree with it because he was congratulating the other side or whatever, you know? Yep. But he's not a liar. He doesn't, he doesn't ever, he's never once stated any sort of lies to the public and i really don't understand why some people have got this weird it's all social media people as well that, that, that are just purely doing it to cause controversy and to cause something to talk about and i'm sorry i'm, I'm very passionately pro mr chancery and i will defend him to the hilt because quite frankly can't tell like, <laughs> but uh, yeah anyway there's a whole other discussion to have about stuff but Yes, I do think it's it's very agreeable that they've clearly got a very good working relationship. And it, as well, I will say, compared to a certain manager that we had, who was all like, oh yes, I really want to have dinner with him and we really want to talk to him about lots of various different things. That all seemed very fake and all talk for the newspapers. But I think with Darren Moore, it's genuine. It's genuine that they get on very well and they have a very good relationship. And it's it's very nice to see. It, just because it I think means one that of the, the stories that came better. out during when Darren had, you know what, it was hmm. that he was trying to speak to the chairman while he was ill. Yeah, and stuff, and the chairman's like, "Please rest, please, please rest. rest. We don't want you to, to pass away. You... Like, yeah. please make sure you get better." It's 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 an interesting one, and also on Lee Bullen at Air United doing really good, the top of the table at the moment in the Scottish Championship on thirty two points with a thirteen goal difference to their closest rival on thirty one with an eight goal difference. They're really building something there, um, and we all knew there was a good manager in Bullen. He just needed the chance, and he's been given it. Would you ever want him to come and be Wednesday manager? With a bit more, I, I think probably with a bit more of a managerial experience of a first team, absolutely. I think yeah. when he was, obviously because he was our caretaker manager for that little brief stint, wasn't he? He did want well, it well. He, yeah, mm, he did well with it. But I would also say, it's. I think it's different managing a youth side to obviously managing the first team. And I think I would absolutely in a heartbeat take him back as the first team manager eventually at some point 
Rancy's then got the actual club manager, so to speak, on experience under his belt some more, you know? But yeah, what I'm about 50, you? I'm 50-50 on it because I never liked club legends when they've been players being managers. You can, some people can ruin their reputation with being the manager if it doesn't go right. And then all you remember is the manager fell and not the player. That's my issue. Prime example of a Sheffield Wednesday one to do that was Danny Wilson when he dismantled... Yeah. He like when he totally dismantled the like you know the really great side of Waddle Hurst all that lot. It's and... the same reason why Pearson won't take the job. Yeah, mm -hmm. he lives he lives in Sheffield and he's he doesn't he, sees, wanna, he yeah. likes he likes uh, Sheffield Wednesday. The whole reason whenever his name pops up when we are looking for it, it's like he'll never take it. He come out time and time again. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want it because he, he wants to keep his very good relationship with the fan yeah. base and all that sort of thing. I, I would take him in a heartbeat as like a director of football sort of role. Yes. That sort of role. Absolutely. Uh, because he's got so many connections and, and he'd be great. But I don't think that Mr. Chancery would want to work with that model anyway. No. I think he just wants a direct line to the manager and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it could, it could see Lee Bullen doing well. And it's interesting to have his thoughts on the relationship with Chancery and Darren Moore. We'll quickly give over this one. It was about Barry Bannon's absence, about opening the door to others. It was Yorkshire Post, uh, piece by Ricky Charlesworth. Basically saying the chance for people to come in, that's for the likes of um, Adoniram, Fizz, Bayer, when the bat, Dennis, uh, Volks. We saw that and back in CERN, uh, we kind of now know that he's going to be back for the Fleetwood game by the sounds of it. Sounds like this injury wasn't as bad as we first thought. Uh, which is good, but I still think they're going to take it a little bit steady with him just in case. Ideally, you kind of want Byers and Bannon both in that midfield in uh, the Fleetwood game, if you can do it. I think with Bannon, you're going to probably see him get yanked off the pitch a couple of times till it seems better because it did look bad at first, but it's, he's spoken to people who've seen him in Meadowhall and all that kind of stuff, and Darren Moore said he'll probably be back for the next game. But yeah, so we're going to talk about something that's not actually in the show notes. I forgot to put it in. Uh, so Cardiff City's are currently in a transfer embargo. Now, if you remember back when they're in the Premier League, this is finally all getting sorted. Oh my God, signed... you said it. I know I did. Can we just, sorry to break into this, right? <laughs> Can we all just, as a viewership, give a round of applause to Mr. Jake? Mr. Punkchef41, because he finally said Premier League. He didn't call it a floating ocean vehicle of a Premiership. He called it, it was the, the Premier League. Back I know, when it was I was the Premiership a for like there was the first couple. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but, shush. The, but he finally called it the Premier League. Yes, we did it, everyone. He finally said it. Um, anyway, sorry to interrupt your news broadcast of the Cardiff City transfer embargo with my little uh, celebratory message there, but uh, do continue. So, do continue, Jake. Imalio Salah, uh, if you remember, he had that plane crash and he wasn't happy about going on that plane and sadly it took his life. So it's been a situation where they've been the legal thing because he, was it Nice he came from? I believe it was. I think so. Nantes. It was a French yeah, team. Nantes. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, he basically, they never got the transfer fee. Uh, they, Cardiff failed to pay the first installments of the 15, transfer, 15 million transfer fee. 
It was kind of like that call saying, well, I haven't received my item. I'm not going to pay you, even though they should do because of the way everything happened. It's, it's been a really difficult one for most of his family to cover, but also Cardiff City fans. And now Cardiff City are under a pre-season embargo. I think it ends in 2024. That isn't a good position for them to be in, especially since they're 20th in championship with 26 points, Hull City on 26, Blackpool on 24, Wigan on 24, Huddersfield Town on 19th. They could get dragged into this, especially if they can't now make any signings in January. Now, the reason this is Wednesday-related, Mark McGuinness is on loan from Sheffield Wednesday at the moment. The worry for me is that they recall him and say, hey, recalling him, we can't sign players, we need him in our first team now to get him out of the situation we're in now. Now, you actually put something on the Twitter, uh, on the Talking Wednesday Twitter, and somebody came back with something interesting, which I found very interesting with their reply. What do you, what's your take on this? And talk about what the reply was on Twitter to you. Um, well, that actually wasn't me that tweeted that. That was, uh, was, it, was that was Dex. Um, was so you? I'm just going to get that up right now. Sorry about this, views. Uh, but yes, I totally agree that um, he's probably there's a chance he could go back, and there's a chance that he won't. Well, I think first of all, it almost puts a dampener on any hopes that we have for to sign him permanently. But then again, however, there is the spin that you can take on it saying maybe they might also be desperate for funds. There is that spin, and so they might then, it might it might almost have the negative effect of upping his uh, price tag a little bit. Um, but I do think... It's interesting, because they were saying to the person who tweeted us, Seawak84, uh, was basically saying how all they need to raise funds to stop them breaching FFP. And we could get him on a better fee. Yeah. It would be interesting to see what happens here because the part of me that's like they, they could hit the panic station that we need to sort this defense out. He's had a really good bell at Wednesday. Let's just get him back. Every January loan player has a recall in there. Yeah. Contract. So that worrying for Black Ulf with Reece James with Blackpool as well. I can't see him them recalling. I can't fair. see him. Yeah. I, I could see us actually possibly saying, look, we're going to buy him. Personally, I think he's a very good player. I think he's what we're working with. Uh, Mighton, I can't see Forrest wanting to recall. I think they might just want to keep him here just to see how his progression goes, even if he's not playing full games, just so he's training in and out of the first team. It's going to be interesting what we do here because that is the position we don't have much of and they keep getting injured. <laughs> <coughs> I said in the summer I wasn't too happy with how many centre-backs we brought in because I was worried. Michael Owitway is doing gym work at the minute, but it's still not going to be looking like till February time by the sounds of it still. So that's the entire January where you're missing someone who's pretty solid at the back for us. McGuinness has been a, fresher, a breath of fresh air in this team. He really has. He wins everything. What is it with this fan base and this club falling in love with centre-backs on loan? It's just players on loan in general, it seems. I, I don't know, no, I don't know what it is. No, but centre-backs are the thing. Uh, Sasso, Hector, uh, 
Oh, what was the other one? Uh, in, oh, oh Venancio. Federico Venancio. Yeah, Absolutely fell all, in love with him. They've all um, been centre-backs. Alex Lopez. Alex Lopez, the central yeah. midfielder. Although we did sign Vincent Sasso, actually, but it was only like... We did. For some reason, it was never... It was always a one-year deal, and then we had to yeah. renegotiate again yeah, at the end of weird. the... It was so strange, but... Yeah, it I don't, I don't know what it weird. is, but... Uh, but he's a very good he's a very good age, I would say, for the long-term sort of signing, because he's only 21, so... <sighs> he's younger than me. He's... Oh, he, God. Oh, I feel old now. Oh, you've had I'm starting to talk about football players welcome. that are younger than me that are, like, fan favourites, and I hate it. Oh God! But yeah, yes. worse than you get older, mate. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting one because we have to figure this out carefully how we can do this because I I am worried they're going to recall him. I'm not going to lie. I am worried yeah. they are going to recall him, and then we're going to be having to. I don't want to say quickly panicking looking for a new centre back because we will have targets lined up just in case. But if we're bringing someone in, it needs to be a permanent. I don't it want does. someone on loan. We need to have someone permanent in. That's ours. Granted, you got uh, Akin Femowo, who's so close to coming back. He could fit back into that. But it's an interesting one because we're not blessed with positions there. We've got players coming back from injury in terms of Bayer, Bannon, Femowo, where it positioned where we thought we were stacked and had enough of. But in that midfield, you were expecting like the likes of in the midfield, Dennis and Denner to be in there and he's not really since he's been here let's be honest he's been injury prone and he's one that i wouldn't maybe a year deal and then if it's not right after that you're gone because it's just not working with how many injuries keep getting uh delhi's been good but we're having to i don't want to say limit how much he's playing but it's you don't want to put him too much in that shot window till he signed a contract if that makes sense uh backinson's good but i don't think he's enough integrated into the team so you look at the back, at the back, you've got a weak weight injured. Forget it. Not our player. I offer, got a mistake in him, got injury problems. Palmer can play right wing back and centre back, but you'd rather have him with right wing back. Jack Hunt, not played enough, been injured, have illness, wrong age of, wrong age of 30. Uh, Reece James, not our player, could get recalled. That back looks dodgy already. Well, there is a name that you've not actually mentioned there, and it's Ben Hennigan. And the good yeah, news ben is, Hennigan, the good news that was tweeted recently by the Sheffield Wednesday Twitter account is that um, he's now being, he's now actually at the training ground again, receiving physiotherapy. Yeah. So that is a very good sign that he could be back at some point in like, I don't know, February, March or something. We need him back. Potentially. But if we got a Whitway and Hennigan back, then that would be super. If you if you do remember, his injury was slated as being like a whole season. He's he's just he he's not in the team anymore because he's it's that bad of an injury because it was an ACL injury, wasn't it, or something yeah. quite horrible like that. Well, if he's now back at the training ground receiving some physio, that therefore means that maybe his recovery process is actually going quicker than they thought originally. Um, so he and he's might, been a big miss. Exactly, because... he's been such a big miss. Up until he got injured, it was McGuinness and Hennigan at the back, and they were solid. They were really solid. And then, obviously, he got injured and Iwekwe came in, and he was solid alongside McGuinness yeah. as well. And Yeah. But I think, I I think thought, we're missing, we're definitely missing Iwekwe at the minute, I, I think, in yeah. that defence. Because he, he was commanding it quite a lot, wasn't he? Mm. So, and we and haven't think, seen yeah. enough of... Um, 
Femiwu apart Femiwu, from like, yeah. That game, that first game he did play against MK, even though it was like only for like 21 minutes, he looked solid. Oh, yeah. So if we can get more of him back in, it'll be a good thing to see. But again, we could we could recall the likes of Brennan from Swindon. If I'm not mistaken as well, McGuinness was brought in for the purpose of covering for the lack of Pamuo um, yes, in the side. Yeah. And he's the same sort of defender, a ball-playing central defender. And I think when he's back... I think probably when he's back properly and fully fit and everything, maybe the worry of McGuinness being recalled might not be as big. Yeah. Because if you remember how great he was looking before that injury, and it was a freak little injury, wasn't it, as well? Oh, it's, yeah, it was off the ball. Yeah. Nothing really happened. And apparently had a really good game versus the Huddersfield under-21s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the journalists were raving how good he looks and looks solid, he looks strong. It, I think that's the thing. We all forget. He was a replacement. McGuinness was a replacement for him. Yep. McGuinness but because of how good McGuinness had done, it made him seem like he was the first team player who we went for originally. Yeah. So it's interesting that happened, but keep an eye on it. See what happens. Interesting thing going on with Cardiff that could potentially mean we lose or potentially we could go in for a player. So the next match is an away game versus Fleetwood. Now, Fleetwood, their last six matches, uh, they've won three, drawn two, lost one. Uh, they didn't play at the weekend because it was a frozen pitch. Like I said, a bit worried about that because if it's frozen now and if we've still got all bad weather to come, what's it going to be like going forward? Because I'm not going to lie, games like this, and it was last season we had the game called off and I think that was due to Waterloft pitch it around was. this time. Yeah. It was with Waterlog pitch and the wind had some damage on their stadium as well, if I remember. So it wouldn't be the first time we've had this. Now, Wednesday going into this is three wins, three draws, zero losses. Great. You're thinking, that's great. That's great for our last six. It's not, though. But in those six matches, it's six goals to Fleetwood's 10. Yes. Um... And it's well, technically now, because this these stats were taken actually before the uh, before the last game, it's, it'll now be uh, three wins and four draws and zero yes. losses for us. Um, yes. What was that? I can't remember their result, but it's... I think... Yesterday we were called off. Oh yeah, it was called, called off. Yeah, yeah. So it's effectively, it's just one more draw in the stats for Wednesday. But um, It's also mm. interesting because it, it, we the club tweeted that we scored 100 goals in 2022, right? Most in, of them obviously came from last season, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the thing. People go, where is it? Well, actually, look at this stuff. We scored 55 already this season. So we're halfway there. So if we can get these people back scoring again, I don't know what we need to, but if you remember last season, around end of January, February time, we went on that run. We do turn into that team that goes on runs near the end of the season. We've done it a lot. The only difference is this is the first time where we started okay. And I think that's what's confusing a bit when the fans. We're not used to starting well. We're used to building into the crescendo and then going, exactly. right, we're now going to play. Exactly. I think we're one or two players away right, in January to probably go on a bit of a run. Hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about the Fleetwood game if it happens? Are you confident or not? You see, if I remember rightly, Fleetwood have got a very compact pitch, haven't they? 
it's it's quite a small cramped pitch and i've no and i know from remembering back to previous games last season we don't do very well on these little cramped pitch uh, on these little cramped pitches when everything's also tight in and claustrophobic often we quite we kind of struggle and i'm a little bit concerned actually that that might happen but that again again this is only a a, a triggered response from wednesday of old where oh we've been on a bit of a bad streak at the moment when are we playing sheffield wednesday that's that sort of trauma from the past of supporting wednesday is almost creeping in a little bit and affecting my thoughts on this but i i i think with the last few games knowing the opposition and knowing how good they are in comparison no disrespect fleetwood but in 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 comparison to this fleetwood team I'm hoping that this will be the bounce back now from the from the dross period because just to give you a little bit of not worry but how Fleetwood are. Right. So 12th of November 90 minute plus 9 minute goal to equalize. All right? Yeah. Yep. Their last couple of games that they played, they got last minute either winners or equalizers. Fleetwood versus Ipswich, 96th minute equalizer. Right? Um, NK Dons, 90th minute winner. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to be switched on. If we are a little bit this year. To me, that that shows me that our our issue that we particularly had last season as well, if I remember, was the players couldn't keep concentrated for the full ninety minutes. They they for some reason got to a certain point in the match and just thought they got to the eightieth okay. minute, and it just sh- shut off. Yeah, it's like oh okay, yeah. we've done it now. It's in the bag. They weren't playing to the whistle. They were playing to the fact that they were like two nil up or something. And then teams have come back and equalized. You know, brought it to two two, whatever else, and. I do think that we need to make sure that we are bloody well switched on for the full 90 minutes at plus whatever the heck it will be against them. Because one, we've noticed that refereeing decisions have not particularly been in our favor a lot this season. And I think maybe we just need to stop. It's almost like we need to say, we just need to accept that. We just need to accept that the refereeing is league one standard. It's not great in England overall, but that's a whole other discussion. And I just sort of think that we need to accept that the refereeing will not generally go very well. And we just need to play to our own strengths rather than sort of playing to the expectation that the referee will fully be world-class, whatever, because they won't be. It's League One, you know? Um, they also don't have a lot of shots or shots on target. Yes. Like, against this, which it was seven shots four on target. Um, however the actual if you look at that it's out of the seven shots that they had on target uh, out of the seven shots that they had four of them were on target versus our 15 shots with MK three Dons. on target you know it's nk down where they go twice seven shots on target but uh seven shots but two of them are on target and they're the two that w- yes won it. yeah so that when they are in front of goal they are quite clinical exactly so we exactly. have to be turned on and it'll be interesting to see if the game goes ahead Due to the whole situation of their um, pitch, and they're currently in 16th place. They're actually having a good little season this season. Um, 
I think got Brown doing a really good job there. So, anything else to add, or have we run up to the hour mark of the podcast? Well, uh, you see, the thing is, right, I've noticed on Twitter, there's because of the performances of the last couple of games, suddenly it's, would you really care if Darren Moore gets sacked tomorrow? No, I don't think I would. Uh, like, why is this opinion seeping in again? Because I it just... I've won in a while. It, uh, it, yeah, it's been brewing for a while, but I, I just, I don't understand why this is seeping in. It's, it's all to do with this great start that we've had to the season, and we're not used to that. Because don't forget last season, we had a terrible start up to Christmas. We weren't even in the playoff positions. We were pretty much... we Derby this year are mirroring how we did, almost. <coughs> and Only difference is Derby are going. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And um, well, it just it baffles me so much about where we were this man has had to overhaul look and i know i'm going to be accused of being a happy clapper and all this sort of thing i'm fully aware of that and i'm fully aware that i sound like i'm just on the happy clappers brigade right but you've got to sort of say this man has had to overhaul the entire club not just the first team but the backroom staff the way that the club operates everything you can't do that in a one-year to two-year span and just think it's 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 oven-ready for the Premier League. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know that... And I know bringing the name Premier League is kind of... It's kind of a lofty thing to say, but that's what the chairman has outlined. He wants to he wants to run the club like it is a Premier League club. He wants the academy to be a grade one academy. All this sort of stuff. You can't just do that overnight. You can't just expect to do all of this and be there. You know, you can't have a manager come in to who said he needs to change the entire culture of the club because that's what it's needed for quite a number of years. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just come in and say that and, and achieve that in a year and a half. It's impossible. It's a, it's a yeah. three-year task minimum to do that sort of thing. And sure, Eddie Howe's been able to do that at Newcastle, but it's bloody Newcastle. Or Wayne Rooney was able to do it, do that sort of thing at Derby, but they had a grade one academy anyway because of what Steve McLaren did. And it's it's just how short-term thinking so many of these people on the online portion of the fan base are. And I just, it frustrates me just that, that all of this good stuff that he has done has just almost been forgotten and not not been thought about. And I, sorry I, to I've just go around to that. I've got it, I got there, it but... in my head if, it's still not picking up wins, especially round end of January, February time. Maybe that's where you look. At, yes. You need to look at someone else. Uh, the issue is, who do you bring in? I know people said Sean Dyche. You've got to sell it to him. You have you've got, because we're a league one club now. you really, not... really sell it to him. Um, but at the minute, yeah, we are 10 unbeaten since the Plymouth game. Right? Fair enough. 10 unbeaten since the Plymouth game. That's the last game we lost. Plymouth were top. We know how good they are. Yes, goals are dried up at the minute. Yes, it's not exciting football at the minute, especially yesterday, considering we didn't have any um, the likes of Barry Bannon. We need to find a Barry Bannon replacement. We need Barry Bannon or Bayer to come in. Um, you look at what he'd done. He didn't really spend a lot in the summer. Maybe that's because he wants to try and have a bit of money to play in January. Maybe this is a tactical thing by him to go, look, if I haven't got the right stuff now, 
can I get these players on free, get them in, and then if I need it in January, I've got a bit more in the transfer budget. We've seen in the article with Lee Bullen, he backed every manager. So he, he said, I need a little bit more than this. I will say this, though. If we don't go up automatic or playoffs, I worry for Darren Moore. Yes. Because I, I, I was also going to vibes. say, have this sort of conversation yes. next summer, in the summertime, yeah. when that's that's the sort of deadline, if you like, for these objectives of go up, etc., to be achieved. That is the deadline. You never say, you never reprimand somebody in another job if they've not met a certain deadline, but it's still seven months to go before the deadline. You don't you don't reprimand somebody There's seven months before a actual deadline date of certain objectives to be met, which is exactly what a lot of these Wednesday fans are asking for for some reason. And a lot of a lot of them are here harking back to like when we sat Megson. A lot of people yeah. didn't want Megson to be sat. Dave Jones coming. That is very rare that happens. It did work at Sunderland. He had enough time to get it done, and they went up. It does happen, and it can work. But you've got to. The thing is, if you sack Darren Moore, you're not just sacking Darren Moore. You're losing your entire first team of coaches, which Darren Moore have brought in and set up because they're all going to go with him. And then you're back with, and remember, we don't have a Lee Bullen to step in anymore. So it's either Steve Haslam or Tomo to step into it while we wait and get another manager. And we've seen how Chancery can not dawdle, but he likes to take his time to make sure it's the right, right manager. Unless he's got a manager lined up, which if he did, I doubt it, because of the relationship they've got. I, it will come out of the blue, put it that way. It would have to be, we're really jeopardizing it. We just gotta keep doing what, keep doing what we're doing with fans and supporting them. Yes, Hillbrook at the minute, the atmosphere is terrible. I understand why. People are not liking the football. They're not liking how we were. We're having that period. But this is the period, what we've got here, is what we normally have in January Christmas run-up, where we exactly. struggle. If we're already getting this period now and we can go on and have a good January, February, March, it'll be completely different. Exactly. So let's be, see what happens. If we, if we, in January, go on this massive run, we win all these games and we end up in the top two, whatever, it'll be the total opposite. They'll be all singing him as a, as a big hero. And that just goes to show sometimes, I'm sorry, listeners, you're probably not even remotely involved in this group of people, but... They'll, it just shows how fickle a big group of the Wednesday fan base are. And I just don't yeah. like it. I don't like that this is the case because this is what the problem is as well. In, in harking back to when Mr. Chancery was talking about the social media type stuff that was going on that was quite negative. Because they are so loud and because they are constantly saying things, it almost looks like that is the entire fan base that are saying these things, even when it is just a small group and the vast majority are still very much on side. But because this small group are so loud and so regular with what they're saying, it, it's it's then presented as though that's what the general consensus is, and it's not at all. And it's it's just a case of like it's just a bit of bloody it's patience. Like it's frustrating because p people's patience is almost not there anymore. No, but everybody seems to want things to happen right now. It needs to happen this second. We need to be second in the table right now, what, this what, week. What do, they always, what do they always say at this time of year? Where you are at Christmas is normally yes. where you end up. Yes. We're currently third. Yes, we're currently we're not third. Many point, we're not many points behind. Exactly. One win sees us second. 
if they yeah. granted if Ipswich lose the next game yeah we go above them in second it's 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 and we're, we're not even that many points off of Plymouth either it's no. it's it, still tight exactly think, yes it's a worry we're not going enough goals but we're also not conceding uh, many we're keeping it quite tight at the back so mm. let's see what happens in January in the transfer market but from us this is the last episode before Christmas so we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and I definitely uh, hope anything- you tune in on Christmas Day to uh, to see the Christmas episode because it's quite a good episode, I would say. We had a lot of fun with that one. It's quite <laughs> yeah, quite yeah. a fun time. This it, it man, nearly, nearly this, me- what this man yeah. looked like for that episode is absolutely hilarious. And uh, to be honest, there's also some physical jokes from me as well, which are also very funny and yep. had had all three of us in tears laughing. But yeah, it's going to be a very good yeah, episode that, on Christmas. Those laughing didn't do me any good yes. the, day, the day after <laughs> I needed new lungs. But... Thank you for watching the Talking Wednesday and we will see you in the next one. We will.